everybody. This is Andrew Gomison with the Speaking for Him podcast. Welcome to the show. I hope that you've had a good week. I have a quote of the day that I would like us to consider as we go through the rest of this episode. And that quote comes from A.W. Tozer. And he says, A true disciple does not consider Christianity a part-time commitment. He has become a Christian in all parts of his life. He has reached the point where there is no turning back. And again, that is A.W. Tozer, and that will come into play uh, as we go through this episode and talk about the uh, journey that both Matthew and Nicodemus are on as they are seeking the Lord and seeking a change to their current unfulfilled, unsatisfied lives. And I think the significance of this quote, too, is that the same um, emptiness that they felt is often felt by us, but that Jesus can fill that void. I have been dissecting the Dallas Jenkins television show, The Chosen, which can be found at thechosen.tv. But before I dive headlong into that, I just wanted to say this. Thank you so much to Chad Cashman, Adam McNutt, and Daniel Van Zalen for being on the show last week. I really appreciate you guys so much. And if you guys want to have a fun time where there was a lot of energy um, on the show, you'll want to check out um, Speaking for Him, episode 400 that posted last Friday. I am so thankful for God's many blessings through this ministry and the opportunity to podcast and the fact that I have gained the confidence to continue to be a broadcaster here at home and to hopefully improve upon that as time goes on is just extremely exciting. And so I covet your continued prayers. Um, As I said, it's been an exciting week. uh, What with the 400th podcast, And then also with things going forward on my Pilgrim's Progress project, I'm just so excited about the people that I get to work with on that. So I'm very excited to to bring that to you, and I hope that you will enjoy it as, uh, as things unfold and as I'm able to share it with you, which will hopefully be early to mid-fall. I'm not sure what um, my friend Chris Green's timetable is going to be, for um, editing and post-production on those broadcasts, but I'm hoping that it will be in a timely manner, and at the same time, I'm not going to rush him, and especially since he is getting married this summer, it could be um, late fall until before we bring it to you, but it looks like it's going to be a fun project. Um, It's going to be 10 episodes long, we're thinking, So it's going to give me plenty of time to plan for the future of the podcast. Um, So I I guess I just also want to say at the the start of this episode here, if you have anything that you think that we should cover going forward, uh, I would really appreciate any feedback that you have. You know, it can be hard when you reach a plateau uh, like the 400th podcast to then uh, come up with new content to keep things rolling and keep it fresh and have people uh, enjoy it. So any particular episodes or topics that you want to hear about, I want to hear from you. And the best part is, if it's something that you want to discuss, why not? I'd love to have you on the show. 
to discuss any topic that you feel passionate about related to Christian growth and helping your brothers and sisters in Christ grow more close to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that Jesus is regularly and fully, or God is, I should say, God is regularly and fully every day conforming us more and more to the image of his dear son. And that is a job that he will complete at the day of Jesus Christ. Um, and we can have ultimate confidence in that according to Philippians 1 verse 6. The final thing I want to mention before we get into the meat of our discussion today is that I have posted a blog post um, that contains some of my reflections and response to the murder of George Floyd a couple weeks ago. Uh, I believe it to be a balanced biblical response. Um, the, just of, the gist of it is that we need to love everyone and that part of loving everyone is seeking to hear and understand their stories and doing our best to enter into their struggles. I also talk about how important it is to use our struggles as an impetus for victory and not an excuse for defeat. And so that's the summary I'll give you on that. I'd encourage you to check it out. Feel free to leave your feedback on the blog post at speakingforhim.blogspot.com. That's speaking the number for him.blogspot.com. Or you can leave the feedback on my personal Facebook page um, below the post that I have shared there. I The only proviso I would give you is please make sure that your comments are not hostile or vulgar. I'm open to um, friendly and constructive debate, but I don't want something that denigrates into a long, drawn-out comment thread that goes nowhere. We need to, above all, love each other well. And so I hope that can be modeled on my Facebook page as well as in the blog post and on this podcast, incidentally. All right, so let's dig into The Chosen, Episode 7. I think I told you the last time that we talked about The Chosen a few weeks ago, or a couple weeks ago, for Episode um, 6, about the healing of the paralytic, that it was one of the most powerful episodes that I had seen in the series, and that one of the reasons was because it had personal significance for me, and that is very true. Uh, but I also think that these shows on in this series are doing what a good series does, and that's the fact that the shows are uh, are being written uh, even better as the series goes on. Uh, they're more intense. They're they're more. Um, they draw you in even more than the early episodes. And the early episodes were good as well. But I think the measure of a good series is one that they build on, the episodes build on each other, and they are actually done better and better as time goes on. So I've been very pleased to feel like that is the situation that we come into with this episode. Now, one of the most significant things about this episode is that it is most it is quite probably the shortest episode in the season 
Um, now, it could be the, the episode of Jesus with the children, which I believe was episode three, could be shorter. Um, but I am not real sure about that. All I do know is that this episode is full to the brim from the start to the finish. Are, well, two of the major storylines are the discussion with, between Jesus and Nicodemus, um, where is unfolded the most popular verse um, in all of the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should, should not perish, but shall have eternal life. And... I thought it was just very well done, the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. And the show actually starts with a flashback to Moses building the serpent on the pole. And so you see Moses building the serpent on the pole. You see Joshua talking to him about it and being a little confused because it seems like it's an idol, um, which is a thought that I have had on more than one occasion. But Moses just simply says to Joshua, I have learned not to question God. And that is a good lesson for us. If God tells us to do something, then we need to do it. Now, we need to be careful that the things that God tells us to do, that we feel God tells us to do, line up with Scripture. Um, But in Moses' case, he was getting direct revelation from God, and he was following God, even though it seemed to be problematic and confusing to do so and that is a good lesson for all of us and so when you see Nicodemus um, talk to Jesus and just unfold his heart and ask important questions and see Jesus respond to him Jesus brings him back to the serpent in the wilderness as he does in John chapter 3 he says as the serpent in the wilderness is lifted up so must the son of man be lifted up that's what John chapter 3 says and that is kind of the crux of the conversation for them in uh, this episode is how they are discussing um, why Jesus came and what he has to share you know a lot of people including Nicodemus I think in the beginning of this exchange kind of think well, you've come from God, but aren't you coming to deliver us from Rome? And Jesus says, no, I'm not coming to deliver you from Rome. I'm coming to deliver you from your sin. And by the end of the exchange, Nicodemus is um, in tears, and he embraces Jesus, and they quote scripture together, and it's just a very powerful um, moment uh, that, was not necessarily completely in the Bible, but definitely plausible and faithful to the biblical narrative. I firmly believe that every attempt has been made to be faithful to the biblical narrative and account, but just to give us a little bit more to think about in terms of backstory. So the first part, as I said, or the the first major storyline is the storyline of Nicodemus. And he's been searching throughout these episodes. He was called upon to do an exorcism with Mary Magdalene to try to relieve her of her devils. He was unsuccessful, and then he saw her later, and she was totally different. And she talks about how Jesus um, made her different, and she says, I'm not exactly sure what happened. I just know 
that I met him and I'm completely different as a result. And so the other storyline that is interspersed um, in this is the storyline of Matthew, another character who is spending a lot of time uh, trying to figure out what is going on. In the context of this story, Matthew is the tax collector that collected taxes from Peter, and so he sees the miraculous catch of fish that um, Peter gets, um, which is then used to pay in the taxes, and he's wondering about that. Then he is present at the healing of the paralytic, and he watches the paralytic stand up and walk away, and so he's wondering about that. And he's so full of questions and so full of, you know, everything he thought he knew, he says, um, could be totally wrong. And what if it is wrong? What what should his response be? And he goes to talk to his mother, and he and he's trying to convey this to her, but she is is too um, caught up in the fact that he went away from God, that he chose to use his talents to serve Rome instead of serving his people, um, God's people, and so she's caught up in that. So she doesn't. Have, it's not very easy for her to see his anxiety and she I think kind of misses an opportunity to help him to seek God more fully um, but more importantly I think uh, it's the first time that we as viewers in this show get to really see Matthew voice his discontent with the life that he has you kind of get hints of it in previous episodes by the facial expressions he has and by the way he contemplates the world around him. But you you really get to see in his conversation with his mother how he is searching and thinking and wondering and just praying for answers. And then we see um, one of, if not the most powerful uh, scene in the film or in the, in the episode where Jesus simply stops at, Jesus, at Matthew's tax booth and says, follow me. And Matthew says, you want me to follow you? Um, and, and Jesus says, yes, I do. And Matthew simply gets up, locks his tax booth, gives the key to the soldier who's his bodyguard, and walks away and follows Jesus. And to me, it was just so powerful because you read about these accounts where Jesus says, follow me, and they just get up and follow him. But when you see it take place on screen, there's something really exciting about the simplicity of it, about the completeness of it, and just, I was moved greatly by it. And there's a couple other things I want to mention in the context of that first of all is Peter's reaction of course he has a history with Matthew and he doesn't like him he says Lord are you sure you want to do this are you sure you want to call him do you even know what he's done do you know him and and Jesus says yes but I also know you remember um, you couldn't believe it when I called you either. Um, and then he says, 
he's not like us. He's different. And Jesus says, get used to different. I, I like that because the whole, the whole premise of Jesus calling these 12 disciples is that he called people who were not likely to be thought of as leaders in their society. And he took them and he said, I'm not taking you on the basis for who you are. Matthew was a tax collector. Peter was a fisherman. He didn't want tax collectors and fishermen. What he wanted was the hearts of men that he could then mold into the type of people that he wanted them to be. All right. Well, I have one more um, scene to touch on uh, in this episode. But before I do that, I wanted to just to share with you the the audio from the clip in The Chosen where Jesus calls Matthew as the disciple. And then I will come back and share with you my final uh, observation of a powerful scene in The Chosen and have some final thoughts. Matthew. Matthew, son of Alphaeus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy's done? You didn't know? Yes. Listen, I said to you. What are you doing? Where do you think you're going, guys? Let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're going to throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you right now. This is different. I'm not a tax collector. All right, and there you have it, the scene from The Chosen where Jesus calls Matthew. And it's, a, and it's a simple scene, but it's so powerful, and I really appreciate it. And I would encourage any of you that want to be moved. You know, we're still kind of in this, in this situation with this quarantine, even as things are opening up where we have more time at home than normal so what a better way to spend time um, than learning about Jesus and seeing uh, the wonderful person uh, that Jesus um, is was to them and is to us he calls us um, today to follow him and he will change our lives dramatically you know uh, Matthew started out that day as a rich um, tax collector with no direction in life. Um, it's interesting, in the previous episode with the healing of the lame man, there's a significant scene 
I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the episode or not, but it's a significant scene in which one of the kids who is there, um, who were kids that were in the ch- in the Jesus Meets the Children episode, asks Matthew if he's lost. And he says yes. Now, I don't know what the kids were thinking. I don't know if they were thinking physically, are you physically lost? But there's definitely the implication in that scene that Matthew's saying, I am totally and completely spiritually lost. And Jesus comes alongside and he says, I can fill that void. I can change you. And another significant thing was right before Jesus came by the booth to invite Matthew to be one of his disciples, the Roman soldier that was being Matthew's bodyguard says, in response to Matthew saying, my mother's not happy with my decision to serve Rome with my wonderful gifts. She thinks I should serve God. And the Roman soldier says, well, what else would you do with your with your wonderful talent other than this? Basically implying that Matthew's um, hopes for the future were solely tied on his service to Rome. And then Jesus comes and flips the paradigm. And that leads me to the final scene that stuck out to me in this episode of The Chosen, and that is uh, Jesus coming to Matthew, and then after Matthew follows him, he is forsaken, um, the life of a tax collector, just like that, in a split second. And Jesus says, we have a dinner party to attend to. And Matthew says, I'm not welcome at dinner parties. And Jesus says, well, you won't have a problem here. Um, with this one, because you're the host. And then it just ends. The episode just ends there. And it seems like a weird place for an episode to end, but at the same time, it gives you space for thought and contemplation that Jesus does not just look at us for who we are. Because if he looked at us for who we are, he would see a dirty, rotten sinner apart from the grace of God. But he looks at us on the basis of the potential that we have. And so when he looked at Matthew, he said, you're a social outcast. He said, you're, you're a tax collector. Um, you're not thought of as much in your society. But according to my economy, according to what I desire, you have the potential to be someone great. And I just felt that in that scene that he was seeing Matthew through eyes that Matthew would never be able to see himself. And, and that's some powerful stuff, you know, and, and good reminders for us all around. First of all, in the, in the Peter scene, it's good for us to remember what Jesus did for us and to think of other people in the context of that. Um, I think that that speaks well to the, to the social climate that we have going on right now around us as well, because when you take everyone to the foot of the cross and you look at them as someone for whom Jesus died, all of our differences, all of, all of the issues that we might have against one another, whether it be racism or whether it be um, just anger about someone's opportunities in life or their socioeconomic status is better than us or worse than us, you know, uh, or they're homeless and smelly, whatever the case may be, when you look at them as someone for whom Jesus died, you realize how blessed we are and you realize how equal we are. 
um, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And and I think this episode is so very timely. Um, and it just shows the the um, the never-ending timelessness of the Word of God. Because these stories that are being uh, portrayed in The Chosen were written 2,000 years ago, and yet it totally feels like uh, something that we need to be embracing and thinking about today. And then, as I said with Matthew... And just the change that God made in his life and said, not only are you going to be welcome at this party, but you're going to be the host. And I think it, it is just really exciting to think about how God takes us from where we are and then he brings us to to somewhere completely different. I think if I can say one final point, and that is, that one of the problems with modern Christianity is we say, come as you are, but we often don't have an impetus for growth. We often don't say, well, come as you are, but allow God to change you. Instead, we we make acceptable the things that God says are not acceptable. And the bottom line is that you and I cannot change ourselves. We need an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ as well. Just like Nicodemus and Matthew, we can't change our circumstances. We, we will wander in, in lostness and in obscurity until the moment that we realize that only Jesus can, can give us hope. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And that's John chapter 16, uh, verse 33. And my hope for you is that you will... Um, have hope in Jesus Christ. You know, people use God in the generic sense all the time. But the real power is in the name of Jesus. Peter said, There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it's so exciting that the Peter that we see in the final chapters of the Gospels is not the same Peter that we see in the beginning chapters of Acts. And why is that? It's simply because he has surrendered himself to the one who can make all the difference in the world and has been filled with the Holy Spirit of promise. And you and me and anybody plus the Holy Spirit equals a majority. And I hope that you will go into this weekend and the following week with that assurance um, buoying you we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. I know it's a cliche, but I also know that it is the absolute truth. Well, that's about all I have time for today. Please leave any feedback that you have uh, with the contact information that is about to roll at the end of the show. And with that, I'll simply say, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, 
H-I-M. You can also interact with us at Facebook.com slash Speaking For Him and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.